Amen. Amen. You got about 10 seconds left. All right, all right, all right. Amen. You can be seated. Amen. I want to just see something tonight. How many of you have the church app? You have the church app and you have a smartphone. How many of you, you have a smartphone, you don't have the church app? Okay, everybody in here. Everybody has it. Um, a couple holdouts over here. All right, if you have if you have the church app and you have a smartphone, I want you to go ahead and get your smartphone out, and I want you to get on the church app and go to the e-bulletin for Radcliffe. And then when you do that, it should pull up tonight's um, tonight's e-bulletin. How many of you see that? So far, so good. No? Huh? Just load slow? Okay, it's loading slow. All right. Everybody's trying to get on it at once. Oh, no. Oh, no. Shots are fired. Shots are fired. All right. Everybody, everybody there? Most, most everybody there? Anybody getting close? All right. So on that e-bulletin, uh, you see underneath the, um, right underneath where it says the pursuit, and then it gives the songs. These are from this past Sunday. Then there should be a section that talks about, thank you, there should be a section that talks about how we are going to use church centers. Do you see that? Okay. So, for those of you who are Android users and you do not yet have church center, click on the one that says, get the app from Google. Click on that link and it will, should pull up your Google store and you should get, be able to get church center through your Google store. Because I'm telling you that the Android users first because obviously you're so fast. So let me just go ahead and throw that out there. You guys go ahead, us Apple users, we'll, we'll go slow and we'll catch up, okay? So uh, all those of you who are Apple users or iOS users, go to the link that says get the app through iOS or through Apple. And then you click that link, that should pull up in the, in the app store. Everybody good? So far so good? Go ahead and download that app right now. I'm giving you time to do this. If you haven't already done it, get the Church Center app. Some of you already have it. You've already heard about this. And you've probably started using it, which is good. But you guys are going to be the, the, uh, the first group of people who get it all. You're just going to go after it tonight. And so I want you just to jump right in there. Um, you know, if there's somebody watching at home, they can jump on there too. Uh, the e-bulletin is, is very accessible from our website, from our app. 
And so if you are watching, you're welcome to do that as well. All right. How many of you are having a lot of trouble and you still don't even know what I'm talking about as far as the Church Center app? Okay, everybody's good so far. Okay, we need, uh, we need some help over here in this, this general area. So somebody, you using an Android? Do you have an Apple phone or an Android? John Wayne, go help Brother Hicks. <laughs> All right. Everybody have the Church Center app, or you're in the process of getting it right now, okay? All right, so I want you to log on to the Church Center app, and you'll do that very simply by cl clicking to log in. You will use whatever email the church has on file for you, uh, or you can use your phone number. If you use your phone number, what's going to happen is they will text you or they will email you, if you use your email, I think, a link uh, that has, it'll be a text and it will have, or a, an email, and it will have a code in there. You will need to put that code in that will identify you. Everybody good so far? Raise your hand if you have any questions. I'm trying to go slow. For the, for the Apple users. All right, everybody good? How many of you are logged in or you are logging in right now? Okay, how many are still not logged in to Church Center? Okay, okay. You need, you need access? Is that what you're asking for? Yes, if you need a young person, one will be there to help you. Oh, just put in the crossroads. It, if you do find by location, it should pop up because you're sitting in the crossroads. So. All right. Everybody doing okay so far? Anybody, you, you don't have it or you need help? You don't have it yet, you need help. Just wave your hand. We will send somebody to help you. Okay, so nobody says that they need help, so everybody should be good to go. Ashton, Ashton, you have to put your phone number, you have to put your mobile number in there, I think. 
All right, everybody's got it? No? Okay. How many, how many of you still don't have it yet? Just, just raise your hand. You're getting help, okay? You, you guys are getting help. You don't have it yet? Is it loading? Okay, you don't need help, though. You're good. Okay, you don't have it and you need help. Raise your hand real quick. You don't have it and you need help. Okay, I'm going to give everybody a couple more minutes. Those of you that have it, this is what I want you to do, okay? This is really important. This is vitally important. You're going to help us out you're going to save thousands of man hours right here, okay? Log on to Church Center, okay? Get into Church Center. And then up in the top right-hand corner uh, for Apple users, I'm not sure what it is for Android users, wherever you see what looks like it should be a profile picture, click on that. Just, just press that. It's the same? Okay. Top right corner, click on that. Now, this is what I want you to do. You'll see your account and then I want you just to click on your picture at the top or wherever it says your name. Click on that, and you will see it says Edit Profile. I want you to go in there, check to make sure all your information is correct, add a picture of yourself, and then click Update. It should take you about one and a half minutes at the most. Okay? Take just a few minutes. I know we're taking a minute. We, we're good. We, we got enough time. After you've gone through this process, you'll be able to help others go through this process. All right. Update that information. You will see that you are able to, to give, to find small groups, um, very soon you will be able to check your children in to King's Kids and Nursery, and they will get a little, uh, a little label that has their name on it that will be attached so that everybody will know who they are in the Nursery and King's Kids, and it's an extra level of security so that we know where they are, that they've been checked in, and that only you or somebody with the code can pick them back up. And then there will also be uh, events where you will be able to register for certain events. Right now, the only ones that are on there are mission trips. But as we have big events that come up, you'll be able to join in there. All right. Everybody good? Any questions? How many of you have been able to update your profile now? Raise your hand. You've updated your profile. you got a picture on there. You're not just some blockhead. All right. Put a picture on there. You say, why are you taking the time to do this now? Because if we don't do this now, you won't do it. You'll forget about it, and then it won't get done. And somebody will be stressing trying to get a hold of you. And can, can we verify that this is your information? You, if you just verify your information, we're good to go. We are going to try to simplify and streamline uh, how we get people's information and how we keep people's information up to date. So this is a big step in that direction. All right, everybody's doing good? So far, so good? Any questions? Not doing so good back there?
yeah, some of the younger ones may not, if, just depending on what age they are. But most of our adults, that's the main thing right now. We just want you to update your profiles. All right. There's still some people getting helped, so we'll give you another minute. The main thing is to be able to get on, and then we want you to look over and update your profile. There's a lot of changes coming in the next few months, getting us ready for the first of the year. And um, so this is, we need to start now so that when the first of the year gets here, we're ready to go. And uh, we will be transitioning a lot of things. We're trying to simplify all of our systems, uh, make everything a little easier. Uh, Technology-wise, for those of you who aren't very much into technology, we, this is going to help you. Uh, and it'll be easy for you to do, easy for you to get to. All right. Right, good. I see a couple people still getting helped. So I mentioned it. I mentioned it Sunday. We'll be mentioning it again several times. You'll, you'll probably hear it. We sent out an email this week, uh, and we will be sending out a few more emails similar to that. Um, we have close to 600 people right now, currently. We have close to 600 people on our email list. Um, the problem is a lot of those people, they really, they never open their email from us. They really don't want to get email from us. And uh, so we are sending out a couple emails basically telling them if you don't want to stay connected to us, if you don't want to hear from us, maybe they've moved off somewhere and, you know, it's just another email in their inbox, we want to give them an opportunity without feeling guilty about it to unsubscribe. And uh, I only had one person that said that they were a little offended that I sent that out, but uh, I just explained it. I said, we're just trying to give everybody, you know, a chance to disconnect if they want to because we're fixing to start sending out two or three emails a week to keep everybody up to date with what's going on. So I know how it's like. How many of you get an email from a a store or a brand, like every day. How many of you get, you get okay, so you're just like me. Um, so here's the thing. We are, you know, we are competing with a lot of brands out there that want people's attention. And uh, if you're like me, you probably delete about 100 emails a day, uh, at least. Maybe some of you more than that. Maybe some of you less than that. But uh, you probably delete several emails a day that you're like, you know what, I don't even want to read this. So what we're doing is we're trying to give people an opportunity. If they don't want to read what we send out, opt out now. You know, get out now because we're going to start emailing people more because that is a good way to stay in people's, uh, you know, in front of people. And that's a good way for, people, for us to connect to people. Texting, we will be doing that as well. Um, and simplifying, trying to simplify everything that we do here. So, all right. Everybody good? If you're not good, this is what we're going to do. You got all the help that you need. We've got several people that, you know, uh, you, you know John Wayne, uh, Brother Cooper, uh, Brother Ted, any of these guys can help you right after service. They'll get you where you need to go and uh, make sure that you have everything that you need. All right? If you have your Bibles, let's open them. Let's turn to Luke chapter 15. We are going to uh, kind of complete today what we started about a month ago. And uh, that is 
our series on the pursuit. You don't have to stand because I'm going to be reading a lot of scripture uh, in Luke chapter 15. And I'm going to read this out of the, uh, you'll have on the screen, you'll have the King James Version. I'm going to read this out of the ESV. Uh, This is going to be just, I just want you to hear this. And then that way uh, you'll be able to see uh, there's a little bit of difference. But uh, I think it simplifies it in in some ways. Uh, The point that we've talked about is God wants us to all have a relationship with him. He he is not... um, he doesn't want just certain people to have a relationship with him or certain people to be close to him. He wants everybody. And uh, no matter where we are, no matter where we have been, he is urging and inviting every one of us to come home. Not just us, but those who have strayed, those who have walked away. And uh, so tonight we're going to read out of Luke chapter 15. We'll start at verse 11. And he said, there was a man who had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of property that is coming to me. And he divided his property between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all that he had and took a journey into a far country. And there he squandered his property in reckless living. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine rose in that country, and he began to be in need. So... He went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country who sent him into his field to feed pigs. And he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, but I perish here with hunger? I will arise and go to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father, but while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, bring quickly the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring the fattened calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate for this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found and they began to celebrate. Now his elder son was in the field and as he came home, he drew near to the house. He heard music and and dancing and He called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, Your brother has come, and your father has killed the fattened calf, because he has received him back safe and sound. But he was angry and refused to go in. His father came out and entreated him. But he answered his father, Look, these many years I have served you, and I never disobeyed your command, yet you never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. But when... This son of yours came who has devoured your property with prostitutes. You killed the fattened calf for him. And he said to him, Son, you were always with me and all that is mine is yours. It was fitting to celebrate and be glad for this your brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. I want to talk to you on this subject tonight, this last pursuit message. I want to talk to you about welcome home. Welcome home. 
God's love and forgiveness. We talk about these in almost every service that we have and uh, most of our Bible studies, most of our life groups. And uh, we talk about His love and His forgiveness and how extravagant they are. And that He welcomes us back with rejoicing and, and honor in, in, in any of His children who have been far away. He doesn't, he doesn't uh, humiliate them, but he, he embraces them. He loves them. And He is pursuing those who have walked away. And He is pursuing those who are in the house, but far away in their thinking. God's love for the lost is so extravagant that we have trouble, really, let's be honest, we have trouble really understanding it. His love is stronger than any sin that you could commit. In the well-known story of the prodigal son who foolishly squanders his inheritance, we sometimes get confused. We think prodigal is a bad word. It's actually not a bad word. Prodigal actually means extravagant. And the father here readily embraces his son when he returns back home. This is extravagant because of the father, not because of the son. The father gives his returning son the best robe, the best ring, the, 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 the huge celebration. And a main feast course is fattened calf that has been prepared for just this kind of occasion. And we look at the scripture and sometimes I think we, the, the whole irony of it is lost on us in that we call him the prodigal son. The only extravagant thing he ever did was make a fool of himself. The only way that uh, extravagance was really in his life was the love and the grace and the mercy that was shown to him by his father. I mean, I wonder why we don't call it the prodigal father story. God was in Christ reconciling the world to Himself, not reckoning to them their trespasses. 2 Corinthians 5.19 in the American Standard Version tells us that, that God was doing this through Jesus Christ. Jesus shows us the image and the attributes of a, of a God of great expenditure or a God of great extravagance who is nothing if not prodigal towards you and I, His children. God's prodigal love for us is our greatest hope. It's our, it's our greatest uh, hope that we have on this life, and it is the most life-changing experience that any one of us could ever undergo. And God uses rock-bottom experiences to get our attention and to bring us back to Him. Many of us have experienced this in our lives, and we know what it's like to really need the grace of God. We understand. It's, it's funny how we forget, you know. After spending some time back at the Father's house, we start to think we got there on our own and we really don't need to stay surrendered to God. But, but it's funny because we all did need His grace. We all did need His mercy and not one of us got here by ourselves. And so it would really be in our best interest to remember the rock-bottom experiences that got us and brought us back to where we are. And Brother Dummett talked about it a few weeks ago uh, some of the experiences that brought him to where he needed to be. And, and I can uh, attest that if, if God had not used some of those experiences with him, I wouldn't be here. And then even in my own life, I've had some, some rock-bottom experiences that I've had to realize, God, if you don't help me, there's no help for me. 
And so sometimes we've got to remember these things. We've got to just pause and look back and say, wait, God's brought me from a mighty long way. God's been good to me even when I didn't deserve for Him to be good to me. He, he took care of me even when I didn't deserve His provision in my life. Not, not any of us. I don't care how much Scripture you know, and I don't care how many people you've won to God. It doesn't matter how much you pay in tithes or how much you've committed to the greater campaign. None of that matters if you forget where God brought you from. If you think that you got yourself here or that everything is just okay because of who you are, you're here because of His love. We're here because of His grace and His mercy. Amen. If we didn't have His grace and mercy, we couldn't be here. And so we've got to remember that and we've got to stay surrendered to God. And, and we have to turn these things in our life over to Him that, God, we, we don't have to understand everything. We just have to simply obey. We, we don't have to get it all. We just simply have to follow Your Word. And so how... In our humanity, and this is something that I've been thinking about a lot lately, is how do we treat the people that we deem unworthy of God's grace and love? Oh, yeah, you know, I know some of you are like, Pastor, I think everybody deserves... Okay, that's fine. <clears throat> but what about... That person that you look at and you say, I don't know how God could even love that. I don't understand how God would ever forgive that. I, I struggle. I mean, I'll be honest with you because, um, you know, God is not a Republican or a Democrat. Surprise. And everybody gets fired up around this time of the year. And it's kind of crazy because if you listen to people talk, they'll act like Democrats aren't people and they'll act like Republicans aren't people. It goes further than that. It's not just a political thing. In some countries, you've got people that kill people because their skin color is different. Mass genocide takes place in certain areas of our world because people think... Other people are not as good or as worthy as them. And in our society, we, we may not necessarily kill them, but we, sure enough, harm them with our words. We harm them with our looks and our behavior, and we treat them as less than worthy. So how do we treat people? How do you treat people? Well, Pastor, I, I try to treat everybody the same. Good, good. What about that person that hurts you? What about that person that betrayed you like this, the younger son betrayed the father? Basically, it was a slap in the face. I mean, you, you couldn't have... He, he could not have done any worse than what he did. He basically was telling his father when he left, I wish you were dead. I really wish you were dead because I want to take everything that come, is coming to me, everything that you've worked hard for, everything that you have, I want it now, and I don't even want to wait till you die. I'm just going to leave. How many of you, if your kid did that to you, you would be really happy with them? Let's just be honest. Now, some of you, you would go on loving them, and you would welcome them back, and you would just allow them to have grace and mercy. But there are a few of us that we would be tempted 
to say, you are no longer in the will. And FYI, if you're not home for Christmas, I'm just talking about how do we look at other people? So what I would challenge us to do is we need to, if, if we're going to be honest, we need to see ourselves how we really are. And that's hard because we, we deceive ourselves. We think, you know, everybody should know. Everybody should just understand what a good person we are and how, how much we try to help people and love people and how we try to do good. Everybody should get that. And everybody else is thinking the same thing. And we're all so busy thinking about ourselves, sometimes we forget to realize that we're just like everybody else. We have flaws, we have failures, we got problems too. And so we need to extend a courageous and confident grace to people instead of punishing them. We talked about it uh, several weeks ago in, in our, one of our services in, uh, at the Crossroads of Louisville and we talked about how do you feel about people who go into schools and start shooting? How do you feel about people who, uh, you know, do things that are on a level that we don't understand, this level of evil that we don't understand, we can't even comprehend? How could somebody be that evil? How do you look at them? Do you look at them as, I hope you die and go to hell? Because if you do, then therein lies the problem. Because we're just as bad. Our sin, whatever it is, lying, cheating, stealing, uh, just thumbing our nose at God and not doing what he's told us to do, is just as bad as whatever they've done because sin is sin. So none of us is perfect. None of us has it figured out. And you say, well, Pastor, are you putting me on the same level as somebody who commits those atrocities? No, not necessarily. But I'm just saying, if you think you're better than them and that you have never sinned, you are sadly mistaken. Because we're all not good by nature. We all have a sinful nature. And I believe, this is my personal belief, and you can you know, think I'm crazy if you want, but I believe most people do what they do in ignorance of God and His love for them. A lot of the stupid stuff that we look at people, how could they do that? They really just don't get it. They really don't understand God. They don't understand His love for them. They don't understand His love for people. Our sin is not a mystery to God. He knows it all. He sees it all. But He died in our place. And we're forgiven and we can live in His marvelous grace. We can live in His forgiveness. It's never too late for us to come back home and turn to God. Now, having said that, we also have to realize that the guy sitting on death row tonight, he deserves the same shot as you. That the terrorists who just committed those horrible acts, that they deserve the grace of God and the, 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 the forgiveness of God just as much as you and I. We don't deserve it. But it still happens. He still gives it to us. So what do we do? How do we handle this? Well, we've got to pray. We've got to keep our hearts and lives in check. We've got to remember where God brought us from and that without His help, we wouldn't be here. But more than anything, we need to come home. More than anything, we need to understand that this story that we just read out of Luke chapter 15, it's not really about just the younger brother. Both sons, now, now hear me, and I'm not trying to be stupid here, but both sons were alienated from their father. 
if you read it. I mean, it's kind of plain as the nose on your face. Both of them were not in right relationship with their father. Even though one was far away by being bad, and the other one was far away by being good, either approach still left them living independently and without the knowledge of their father's love for them. They were both in a bad way. They both didn't realize how much they were loved, how much he wanted to have relationship with them, how much he wanted to be close to them, how much he wanted to show them and be with them and, and just have that closeness to them. And so as we read this, I see more than anything in this text, and I, you know, I, I was just like you probably uh, I, growing up. I, the prodigal son, I thought he was the bad son, the one who left, the one who took off. And as I got older, I started to see it in a little different way. And now, uh, when, when you really understand that it was a prodigal father and not a prodigal son, it changes things. We sing about it, the overwhelming, restless love of God. Chases me down, fights till I'm found. Leaves the 99. I don't deserve it. I couldn't earn it. We sing it. But do we believe it? It's a great song. Some people don't like it. <laughs> There's few people. They really don't like it. They're like, oh, that song's just overdoing it. Well, I don't know. Because the father's pretty extravagant. Here's the good news. The good news is you can come home. The good news is you can be restored to a right relationship with God no matter how long you've been gone or how badly you've messed up. The good news is that you might even be in the house, but your attitude might be stinky. You may look at other people the wrong way. You may not... You may not even realize that God has given you His grace and mercy and uh, suddenly you've judged yourself to be so righteous, but yet you still don't have a very good relationship with your Father. You do all the right things and put on all the right airs and you're here when you're supposed to be here and put in what you're supposed to put in, but underneath it all, you still could be closer to Him. So where are you tonight? Where are you tonight? Are you thinking... Well, Pastor, you don't understand. Maybe I'm just too far gone. Maybe, maybe you're thinking, Pastor, you're talking to somebody else. I'm good. I'm not the one you're talking to. You must be talking to so-and-so over there. I know they've been having some problems. This doesn't really apply to me, Pastor, but thank you. Thank you for trying. You know what the Father wants you to know? He wants you to know His love for you. And He wants you to know that He wants to have a better relationship with you, and that is why He pursues you, and He will never give up. That's why when everything seems to be good, but there's that little nagging that something's still missing, and you realize, you know, everything's going good, but I'm not, I still don't pray like I want to. I still am not feeling God like I want to. And sometimes, there's nothing wrong, it's just that closeness is missing. So tonight, I just got to remind you, he wants to welcome you home. You say, well, but I'm home, I'm here, I've never left. 
I didn't go anywhere. I'm not planning on going anywhere. Can we look at the story again and see that because this older brother, he wouldn't come back into the house because of some perceptions that he had. He felt like, let's just be honest, he felt like God's being, sorry, not God, the Father's being better to this, and he says, your son, he doesn't even say my brother, this son of yours, you know, when I was growing up, when I was in trouble, my mom would say to my dad, he's your son, and vice versa, he would say, that's your son, take care of him, I mean, I know what it's like, but this is what the older brother, he said, dad, this son of yours, he doesn't deserve any of this, and his problem was that he couldn't accept the blessings being on somebody he didn't think deserved it. And some of you struggle because you see other people being blessed. You see other people being used, and you see other people uh, seemingly being celebrated. And you're just like, I'm right here. And God's like, yeah, I know. What's the problem? And we wonder, why we, we, we wonder why we don't have the breakthrough in our family that we want to have and, and breakthroughs in our service that we want to have. And it's because some of us are, are like the older brother and we're struggling. We, we, we still come to church and, hey, pastor, love you. I'm glad to be here. love this church and my church and my family. But inside, we're like, really? Really? I mean, God, don't you even notice me? And this is our problem. We're at home, but we're not. We're here, but our heart and our mind, it's not really where it's supposed to be. Yeah, we have a relationship with the Father but if we're really, really, really honest, it's not near as good as it could be. And we put on a facade of, I've got this all figured out. I don't need anybody's help. And what he's wanting is he's wanting you just to be close. He's wanting you to be able to celebrate with those who are being celebrated and those who are being used and those who are being blessed. But you don't know what they did, Pastor, and you don't understand. I, if God, if, if He really knew what they had done, well, He does. But He also knows a lot about you. I think in my life, God has allowed me the privilege of not rising to the top in a lot of areas of my life. You say, what do you mean the privilege? Because sometimes when you rise to the top, you get plucked off first. <laughs> Sometimes things aren't as they seem. And we got to be very careful that we don't trade closeness with God for ascending into a position that we want or ascending into something that we think we deserve. He's pursuing you even as I speak. If you're far away because of Bad choices, bad decisions, bad attitudes, whatever, he's pursuing you. If your closeness with God is, is lacking, 
you could say, well, I'm still coming to church and I'm still paying my tithes. I'm still doing all the right things. But if your closeness with him is lacking, if you tend to have an attitude with the, the pastor, the ministry, the leadership, or other people in the church, and you, you don't understand why so-and-so is this and so-and-so is that, and you, you just, you know, if you really had it your way, you'd change a lot of stuff. I'm talking to you because he's pursuing you. What happens whenever the father gets done talking? I don't know. I really don't know. I, I, I've tried to figure this out. All I know is that the older brother had a bad attitude, and the father tried to reason with him. We don't read, we don't read the rest of the story. There's no, let's just, let's just be honest, there's no real, yes, we got the happy ending of the younger brother. We don't know if there's a happy ending for the older brother. And I think it's because the older brother has a struggle seeing himself as he really is, where the younger brother knows, I'm a mess. <laughs> I am a mess. And if, if I don't get some help, I'm in, in trouble. The problem with the older brother, and I don't know why... Jesus chose not to finish the story. I don't. But I would say it's, it's time for us to pause and have reflection about it and say, is there some older brother in me? Is there something in me that I just, I've got to deal with this because I, when I see myself, I don't see myself like some of these other people that I see. I see them, a bunch of yahoos running around here and It can even be cross-church-wise, cross-district, cross-state, cross-country. You know, you see somebody post something on Facebook, and you're like, whatever. They call it hate-liking. You know, you see people stuff, and you hate-like it, hate-like this and hate-like that. You only like it because you're, you really you, you don't want to like it, but you have to because that person's in your life, and so you hate-like it. You're like, 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 like. Truth, truth be told, you really don't like it. You rolled your eyes when you saw it. You sighed majorly. You were like, oh, please. I hate to be calling all of us out so much tonight, but the truth of the matter is I have some older brother in me. Truth of the matter is it's easy it's easy once you come to church for a few weeks or a few months or a few years, it's easy to get that older brother syndrome and think, eh, you know, God should be good to me because I'm here, check. I give, check. I work hard in the ministry, check. I kind of love people most of the time when they're sleeping, check. No. No, if you've been doing whatever you wanted to do and you've not been submitting to God in your life and there's a lack of closeness, that's what happens. We, we see things in the Word. We know that we should do them, but we're like, mm, I'm still coming to church. I'm still good. God will probably just overlook that. I'm not really doing what's in the Word. It'll be okay. And so we, we kind of withhold chunks of our life, areas of our life and our families and everything that we do is not surrendered to God. Most of it is. The part that everybody sees is, is pretty good. But it's just that little part that we hold back. 
So if you've been doing that, if you've been holding some things back and you haven't completely surrendered and submitted in your life to God, I want to invite you to come back home. You know, they say home is where the heart is. Right? And, and I, I've thought about that, and I've thought about how it relates to our story, and, and I think that more than anything, what you see in this story... Yeah, you see the younger brother's arrogance and his rebellion and his ignorance and all the other adjectives that you want to throw in there. You see the older brother's snarkiness and his uh, haughtiness and you see his unwillingness to make things right and to move forward. You see all that. But more than anything, really what you see is the heart of the father for both. You see the heart of the father for those who are far off. And you see the heart of the Father for those who are here, but they're not really here. I don't know how this is really going to wind up tonight. I, I kind of, in my mind, as I was studying and getting ready for this, I, I just felt like we needed to have an altar call. I felt like it would be right for us to take some time to think about where we are. So if you would stand with me tonight. I invite you, those of you who have not been submitted to God and surrendered to God, and you're coming to church, but your life is not completely, you know it's not completely surrendered to God right now. I want to invite you to come back. Come back home to God's forgiving embrace. And those of you who think that this message is for everybody else, and, you know, I'm doing just fine, I really don't need it, I invite you to see how much God loves you and how much He really wants a better relationship with you, and then trusting God's grace and His favor, and not your own, once and for all. So tonight, whatever you feel like God's speaking to you, however you feel to respond, I'm not here to condemn you. I just felt like the heart of God tonight was to say, hey, welcome home. Wherever you're at, if you're here but you're not here, if you're far off, come home. Come home. The Father loves you. And he wants to give you his love, his grace, and his mercy in your life. And if you think you don't need it, you probably need it more than you think you ever could. Because if you get to the place where you don't need him anymore, eventually you'll be outside the house like the older brother. I just can't believe it. I, I, don't, I don't need all that foolishness. There's a bunch of hypocrites in there. Somebody here tonight, God's speaking to you. He's telling you to come home. This altar's open.